This is a Federal News Network podcast. The Space Force is billing itself as a new kind of military service. This week it came out with its first human capital strategy, and it's looking very different than traditional military doctrine. Federal News Network's Scott Mossioni joins me to explain what is going on. Scott, tell us about the strategy. What are the differences between Space Force and those of the other armed services? Yeah, the best way I would describe this is that the Space Force is trying to make itself really a progressive uh, military service when it comes to the other military branches. And what they're doing is they're developing an organizational concept that will maximize opportunities for full and part-time guardians. And this model will allow permeability with industry. It's going to optimize the work-life balance. There's a lot of flexible career management opportunities for these guardians. So uh, not only will they be able to, you know, spend some time at home and, you know, do the things they need to do there, but they also have an opportunity to develop themselves and change their careers throughout their uh, pathway in, in the job that they have. So one of the things that the uh, uh, strategist that created this this plan said is that, you know, you're pigeonholed as soon as you're 18 when you're put into the military by the uh, the, the career that you choose. And, you know, that doesn't always uh, work for people. So sometimes, uh, you know, you can move uh, from being an intelligence officer to a cyber warrior or something like that. All you have to do is just have the uh, propensity to do it and the opportunity to do it. And that's what they want to give people the opportunity to do, really. And let me just touch on that issue of permeability between industry and government. That could come with some risks in terms of conflict of interest and so on. Have they got a sub-strategy to make sure that doesn't happen? Yeah, they haven't really talked about that too much at this point. Really what this is is a prescriptive sort of strategy where they're, this is, these are things that they're hoping that they can do. One of the issues with that is, you know, obviously, as you said, you might come back into the military and uh, favor a certain company or something like that. What I think they're hoping to do is really send people into more uh, sort of uh, operational type jobs, you know, internships with something like Google, where you can learn about coding, and not necessarily, you know, dealing with policy or something like that. Uh, You know, they want people that are smart and can do the the right kind of things uh, for the Space Force when it comes to developing weapons and, and using them. Not going back and forth to, say, United Space Alliance, for example. Right. (laughs) Okay. And why is this all important for this? By the way, you mentioned Guardians. So now we have soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, and Guardians, right? That's right, Tom. They came out with the name Guardians not too long ago. And actually, they've uh, just put out their prototype for their first service uniform as well uh, during this AFA conference that's going on this week. So, uh, you know, some exciting developments for the Space Force. Uh, But yes, this is exciting and important for the Space Force because what they're trying to do is bring in the top talent when it comes to space. Obviously, there's not a lot of people that specialize in that. So they need to build that and get people that are propensed to go into the military and maybe not propensed to go into the military. So they're trying to uh, convince people to come into this new service that is building really from the ground up. And uh, that's one of the things that the, the Space Force has the opportunity to do that the other services don't. It doesn't have to deal with this clunky industrial-aged uh, talent management system that it did before, it can really just start from a new and say, this is how we're going to do things. And this is going to be the future of the, the, the Space Force. If you're going to be the guardians of the universe, I guess you need those flexibilities. And 
they do have the legal authority to do this as separate from the Air Force. They can just go ahead and do it, it sounds like. Yeah, well, really, you know, these things are already built into a lot of the laws. There's been a lot of authorities that have given the service secretaries the means to bring in people that have been much different from the traditional military populace. So that's one thing that, that I think the, the Space Force is really planning on. One, one thing they talked about in General Raymond, who is the space the chief of space operations, said is that they brought in the first person with type di- type one diabetes into the space force and that's the first person really in the military ever uh you know put an asterisk next to that because we don't know for sure but uh to, to with that disease to serve in the military so the space force is not one of those uh you know operations that needs to you know be deployed overseas as much it doesn't need to be in the field as much they're going to be working mostly in offices and therefore they can take some risks when it comes to the physical readiness of people in order to get the ones that are more intellectual or have more skills. Yeah, that's a good point. If they do everything with a joystick or an iPad or some kind of a screen and a mouse, basically, that's how you do satellites. I mean, they're too far away to go visit very often. Is physical readiness, as it is traditionally understood by the military, all that important then to the Space Force? It is important to some degree. You know, obviously, there's going to be people that need to be physically fit and are going to have to go out into the field and do certain things. However, the service secretaries still have that authority to sign a waiver and say, "I think that you uh, deserve to be here." I mean, you know, if uh, you know the the late Stephen Hawking decided to be part of the Space Force, I'm sure they would sign that uh, very quickly, right? So it's all a matter of you know what they can bring to the service, and that's what makes this place or it makes this service so. Uh, you know, really dynamic in the, and what they're trying to do with it. And what they're trying to do as well is bring in people who are not interested in going into the military uh, and, and trying to, to bring them and give them the opportunity to grow within this service. And do they have any particular outreach programs that will bring this idea forward with the proviso that people that do this, they're not joining, you know, Google or something directly. They are actually going into the military service in the Defense Department. Right. Well, you know, since the beginning of this, obviously, the Space Force has been uh, part of the daily news cycle. A lot of people have heard about it and been excited about it with dreams of Star Trek and Star Wars and all those sorts of things. So it already has that uh, kind of uh, aura around it, first of all. But uh, from from there on, you know, what they're trying to do is tell people that this is a place that you can grow. One of the things Jason Lamb, the Space Force talent strategist, said is that they're looking at what people's talents are and how they can give them the opportunity to grow from that. And, you know, he talked about limitations that society has placed on people, how many uh, young women, maybe, who have natural skills and abilities that align with STEM, but were placed into academic programs that really didn't bring that out, that natural ability, because of just the way society has been placing women in the past. And so, you know, if you like math and you can do calculations in your head and you think the Space Force might be right for you, they're saying, you know, come talk to them. Federal News Network, Scott Mossioni. Thanks so much. Thank you. Check out his story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Hello, and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. I am your host, Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Vice Admiral Cutler Dawson. Cutler has had an incredible career serving our country for 35 years in the Navy, where he attained the rank of Vice Admiral. During his service, he had numerous assignments afloat and ashore, including Commander, Second Fleet, Striking Fleet Atlantic, and in Washington at the Pentagon and on Capitol Hill, where he was the Navy's Chief of Legislative Affairs. 
Immediately following his retirement from active duty in 2004, he became the president and CEO of Navy Federal Credit Union, the world's largest credit union, where he served for 14 years. Under his leadership, Navy Federal grew from 2 million to 8 million members. Phenomenal. Cutler, welcome and thanks for joining me. Thank you, Shane. You've had a fascinating career across both military and the private sector. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background and your professional journey? Well, I started out at the Naval Academy where I graduated in 1970. And then, as you mentioned, spent 35 years in the Navy um, with uh, six actual actual uh, afloat commands. Uh, the first one was when I was 27 years old. Uh, I didn't know enough to be scared of anything. And it was uh, probably one of the highlights of my career. Um, and then after I retired, after 35 years, I went to uh, work at Navy Federal Credit Union as the CEO, where I spent my next 14 years. Um, I'm, I'm currently retired and enjoying life. And um, it's been a great run for me. How would you describe your leadership style? And how's that developed over the years? My style has been quite con- consistent. Um, I believe, and I've learned this in the Navy, that you have to go to the deck plates uh, to see what is going on. And you have to learn what your people do and how they do it so you can help them to be better at it and more efficient and more productive. Um, it's um, something that you need to do all the time. Um, I remember I used to tell folks that um, you don't want to retreat to your cabin and what I mean by that is um, the longer you're in a position, the less you think you have to get out and about. But that should be the opposite. You should get out and about more because people change, situations change, and you've got to figure out a way to get to them and find out what they're doing and where, what you can do to help them. Uh, I. We'll talk a little bit more about your book, but I read it um, from C to the C-suite. Fantastic read. You talk about the deck plates in that um, as well. I would encourage everyone to get a copy of this and read some more detail about going to the deck plates. Cutler, who was the most impactful leader in your life and what quality did you admire about them? I had numerous while I was in the Navy, but uh, the quality that, that I enjoyed the most was the leaders that got to know me as an individual and that they cared about me. And I could tell that they cared about me. And they were not only my leaders, but they were my mentors. And um, I remember um, one particular one, Bill Schiffer, when I had my first assignment at the Pentagon, um, I would go in to see him with my problem of the day. And I knew that he had numerous problems of his own, but he would stop and he would focus on me and he would make me feel like I was the most important person in his world. Um, and I, I tried to do that um, throughout my career. But really, it's about caring for your people. Cutler, in reading your book, there was a quote you used that you used to inspire those people that work for you. And it really got my attention. And it was, it was you are the captain of your own ship. I wonder if you can talk a little bit about what that means and how it was useful to you and the leaders you were developing. Uh, absolutely. Um, what I mean by captain of your own ship, when you are the captain of a ship, sometimes you're in the middle of the ocean and you don't have anybody to turn to to make decisions. You don't have anybody to turn to ask, what should I do now? 
you have to be the captain of that ship. And I, I translated that um, into, let's say, Navy Federal's organization, where I would tell branch managers that I said, you are the captain of the ships of Navy Federal. You're the ones that are facing the, the members or customers, as others call them, every day. And you have to make decisions without a lot of guidance, in some cases, and without a lot of time. So be the captain of your own ship. Step up, uh, make decisions, uh, do what you think is right, and you never can go wrong. I think that is so important. And you have to give your people a little bit of latitude to take some risk as well, because there is risk for them in doing that and risk to your organization. That's right. And and I mentioned that I took command of my first ship uh, with five years in the Navy, and I was 27 years old. Well, my boss had 32 years in the Navy, and um, his his guidance to me when I first met him was, Cutler, you do the right thing, and I'll back you up all the way. What a wonderful way to, to spend an assignment with, uh, with backup and, and guidance like that. What, what great, great advice. Uh, it's clear leadership is a topic you're passionate about. You wrote the book we mentioned before, um, From Sea to C-Suite. T- can you tell us a little bit about that project? Yes. When I was at Navy Federal, I would tell sea stories uh, as parables to get my point across. And um, folks would tell me, Cutler, we like your stories. It gives us a picture of what you're trying to tell us. Now, what else are they going to say? They work for me, but uh, uh, I took it as a compliment, and it was. And my wife encouraged me to write a book, and I needed a co-author to help me. And I found a lady named Taylor Keelan, who was the perfect, perfect co-author. She turned in my stories into wonderful chapters um, that I'm very proud of. Where can listeners find a copy? Well, you can get it on Amazon. Uh, and you can also uh, get it on the Naval Institute website. Uh, and I might add that um, any proceeds from the book, Navy Federal uses uh, to give to charity. Fantastic. Cutler, thank you very much. Really enjoyed your time and your lessons in, in leadership and sharing with us your life story. And, and uh, I've learned a lot both from talking to you today and reading your book. And thank you very much for your time. It's my pleasure. And I, I, I would like to add one thing, if I could, Shane. Um, during my assignments in Washington, D.C., I gained the utmost respect for the civilians that work here every day. They're hardworking, they're dedicated, and they, they have my eternal gratitude. Uh, I got to come and go from the Pentagon. They stayed every day and worked in Washington when I got to go out and um, enjoy being at sea. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, WAPA serves civilian federal employees, but your comment is well taken because the interaction between the two is is continuous, it's nonstop, and it's critical. So uh, the career civil servants, as well as career military, uh, our country would not be where it is today without them. I totally agree. And and I can tell you from the U.S. Navy standpoint, uh, we couldn't operate like we do without them being the backbone of what we do. Thank you very much for your time today, Cutler, and to everyone listening to Lessons in Leadership podcast. We'll see you next time. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you're sending money to. 
Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.